0: Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Last of the last days, we're definitely living in the end time. Most know that. But the signs of the time are there. We see it in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. And most Christians are very familiar with that. When We get in the book of the Revelation. The thing where we're missing it is that we think there's a pre-tribulation rapture. And it's been propagated that uh, this is definitely the church gone during this time of great tribulation. Well, we see that immediately after the tribulation of those days, and we know that that is the tribulation, being which is the great tribulation in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, because it states there that pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be a time of great tribulation. Well, they have tried to avert that, Simply saying, "Well, the coming of the Lord and the appearing of the Lord's two separate things," and the parousia—that is, that uh, coming of the Lord—we see in Hosea six. When we take a look at that in the season that we're in, we find that we must find the right season that we're in, because the devil comes down there, having great wrath, knowing that he has but a short time, and he thinks the change times and seasons. And that is where we get the delusion and this type of antichrist that comes against or something in lieu of the truth that sounds good, but it's not the truth. Very few can handle the truth. This podcast will be on, Can We Handle the Truth? What is truth? Well, the truth is the spirit of truth, Jesus Christ. And he stated there in John 16, I have many things to say unto you, disciples, but you're not able to bear it now. Can we bear the truth? And he said, But the Spirit of truth, when he has come, which is Jesus himself, well, and many do not understand that, that Jesus stated while he was in the days of his flesh, the Spirit of God, the Father of glory, manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. That Jesus told his disciples, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him, not neither knoweth him. But you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Not my Father. I will come to you. Why? Because in Jesus' glorification, he goes back to the Father, the glory of the Father. And that's where the revelation of Jesus comes in. And that's why it's the last book in your Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things uh, which must shortly come to pass and signified it by his angel unto John. Now that's faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. Jesus stated in John 16, have many things to say to your disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. Why? Because it was not the right season. We have to grow. And as we grow from newborn babes to little children, little children are unskillful in the word of righteousness. We see that in Hebrews 5. But we don't stop there. We have to grow, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Then we go to that of young men. We see that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. Very important to see the growth there in the faith and in the glory of the Lord. We all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image, the very same image of Jesus. That's perfection. But most say, well, that's too scary. We can't do that. It's impossible For us, then the days of our flesh, to come unto perfection. It's only when we see, we get into the sweet by and by in heaven, and then one day we'll be perfected. Well, God has provided some better thing for us, the body of Christ, that they, those that died in the faith, having never received the promise, without us should not be made perfect. In other words, there is a generation counted for the seed, that will be perfected to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, what we're called for, which will perfect that all the way back there to the patriarchs. It is incumbent upon us, the body of Christ. The burden is upon us, not on the Lord. Any man says the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord shall be cut off. The burden's on us. Now, the spirit of truth, Jesus stated that, I will come to you. I will not leave you comfortless. He is the comforter. Jesus, in his glorification, that same Jesus whom you crucified, God, the Spirit of God, the Father of glory, hath made him the man, Christ Jesus, both Lord, Lord Jehovah God Almighty, which is only one Lord, that's the Lord Jehovah, and Christ, Christ, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, Acts 2.36. Now, very few understand that. That's the doctrine of Christ. The truth is, the doctrine of Christ is the foundation for the church. And very few have been taught Christ in most of the denominational churches throughout the world. The doctrine of Christ has never been taught. And it hasn't been taught because it's not and hasn't been held as truth. It can't bear the truth. How can Jesus, who is that spirit, always has been the spirit of God, created all things by him, Colossians 1, 16 and 17, whether it be principalities, powers, uh, thrones, things visible and invisible, things seen and unseen, were created and made by him. He is the word. The word is the father. It's not a separate spirit. It's not a separate person. We see that in 1 John 5, 7. There's three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Some will say, well, that wasn't in a lot of the original manuscripts. It just says the Spirit there. Well, that's true because there's only one Spirit there and that Spirit has three different functions just as the Father is the administrative office of that one Spirit. The word is the expression office of that same one spirit, not another person. And the Holy Ghost is the power office of that same spirit. God working salvation in and of himself alone. God is Christ. Christ is God. And God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That's Jesus working salvation in and of himself alone. Therefore, this doctrine of Christ will be the, the bottom line foundation of the church that will give him the glory of the Father in the last days. Because every knee going to bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. Not to the glory of the Son, he was glorified by the Father's own self. That's the reason you see that that mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in Colossians 2 that Paul gives to us says that in him, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's a mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, because God is the Father, the of which is Christ, which is God, which is the Father of glory. Christ is that Father. He is that God. And there's only one there. Colossians 2, verse 3 in whom are hid. Hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Everything that is God's wisdom, seeking with all your getting, get wisdom. That's Jesus Christ. But let no man spoil you through vain deceit. Well, that's the Antichrist, something in lieu of this doctrine of Christ, of who is but one. That's a mystery of God and the Father of Christ. To this, a full acknowledgement of this mystery that he is God manifest in the flesh. That is only one God. He's the Holy One. Now, that's the reason Jesus stated in John 2, 19, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. That's impossible for a man to raise up his own body after it's dead, except he be God. He has to be God, and he said No man taketh my life from me. Now, Jesus stated that in the days of his flesh. He said, I have power to lay it down, power to receive it again. This I have received of my father. Well, that is a separate function or office of the spirit, being one and the same spirit, not a different person, but exactly the same spirit. Jesus stated that in John 10, 30, I and my father are one. We're one in the self, same spirit. But God himself, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Not spirit senior, begetting spirit junior. There is no spirit junior. There's nowhere in the word of God that the spirit begat spirit junior. There's no such thing. There's only one spirit of God. Now the revelation comes in, is who is Christ? Well... We have to have that doctrine of Christ in order to be born again. We see that in 1 John 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. That victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Well, what is this doctrine of Christ that if any man abide not in this doctrine? The doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Second John 9, 1 John 2, 22 who is a liar, but he denies that Jesus is the Christ. He's Antichrist that hath denied both the Father and the Son. Why? Because the Father is the invisible spirit of God. He is that omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit, the Father of glory. And Christ is the Son. Why? Because that is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, invisible spirit of God made manifest, seen, and that is the Son of God, the Father revealed, not a different spirit. Jesus being the only begotten. There we have a, a video on uh, that, on the site as well as on YouTube that goes into what is the meaning of the only begotten Son of God. Well, they, people are seeing and the believers are seeing now that that is not a second person of the Godhead. The only begotten is the monogamous, which is the only unique solitary one that has the same nature as God, being the same spirit as the father of glory, not a separate spirit. Now, Jesus stated that in John 10, 30, I and my father, are one. Now, the Pharisees did not believe that. The Pharisees of today do not believe it. And we see that in John 8, 13 through 27. The Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record is not true. Now, the record that we have in heaven is the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. It's not a union there. It's not the Greek word whom. It is the Greek word heis, H-E-I-S, meaning the very self-same spirit, not a different spirit. There's different functions of that spirit when they're just like a person, may be a, a husband, a father, and a businessman. It's one and the same person, but there's different functions. Well, the spirit of God has different functions, different offices, but it's still the one spirit. The father is the administrative office of that spirit. The Word is the expression office of that same Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that same Spirit. It's one Spirit. There we see that there's three that bear record in the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. This is He that came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, which is that Spirit revealed. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. Well, that's First John 5 eight. Now, the Pharisees did not believe that Jesus is... That father of glory, the word of the Holy Ghost, they didn't believe it. So they contested with Jesus, stating there in John 8, 13, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. You're not the father. You're not the spirit of God. And Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. Now there's Jesus standing alone. There's no other person beside him. And Jesus said that though I bear record of myself, my record is true, because I'm not alone, I and my Father that sent me. Then he explains, it's written in your law, the testimony of true men is true. Now here's the testimony of Jesus, and we have to have the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy in Revelation 19:10 in order to be sealed in this last day work of the ministry. Jesus is telling us exactly what that testimony is. And he states the two witnesses there. Now notice Jesus is in the days of his flesh. That Jesus, though he be the spirit of God, cannot redeem us as spirit. He has to have a man. To have a man, there the devil thinks it's impossible. For God himself, who is spirit, to have a man that is going to redeem us because he has to be the blameless, spotless man. And if he's the seed of Adam, in Adam all die. So the devil thinks that he has won the battle. There, if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified who? The Lord of glory. God himself manifests in the flesh. Well, There, Jesus, being spirit, there already has made a way in uh, the first proto-evangel in uh, Genesis 3.15, speaking to that serpent, after the fall, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, death by sin, Adam fell, by doing so, that sin came upon all mankind, by one man that brought forth through his disobedience, sin unto death, and upon all mankind. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Now, the servant is, uh, through denominal preaching throughout various denominations, has stated that that is a second person of the Godhead. One of the key features about the rivers drying up, and especially the Tigris and Euphrates River, drying up in Revelation 16, 12, is that when it dries up, the very next verse in Revelation 16:12, you go to Revelation 16:13. What does it reveal? It's then that John, which is in the spirit of Elijah, which is the body of Christ, as we see in Revelation 10, because John when he was about to write what the seven thunders uttered their voices, and it said to him, write it not. But take the little book, the bibliridian, out of the angel's hand, and it'll be sweet to your mouth as honey, bitter to your belly. Notice that God has taken that book, that Biblion, the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, and made it to where we can eat all of it. That is, in the last days, God will give us the pure revelation to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto perfection. Into all truth, just as Jesus stated in John 16. He told his disciples, I have many things, things of faith, to say unto you, but you're not able to bear it now. Now, the question is, can we bear the truth now? He said, but when the Spirit of God... The spirit of truth is come, which is Jesus himself. And then when he comes, he'll speak of me for all that the father's given is given unto me. He's coming back to his former glory as the father, glorified with the father's own self, John 17, five. So when the days of his flesh, Jesus has humbled himself from spirit to take on, add to his spirit, add to himself, The form of a servant, not another person, not a second person of the Godhead, but adding to himself, the spirit of God, that form of a servant made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, God fashioned as a man, that one spirit revealed, manifest in flesh, there humbles himself to the death of the cross because there was nothing found worthy of death in him, that, that there he will not suffer his holy one to seek corruption. And it states there that, that he humbled himself to the death, the death of the cross, wherefore God hath highly exalted him. In the natural thinking of most of the denominations throughout the world, will say God there hath exalted him, that that is another person of the Godhead, not realizing that's God's own self. That's God's own nature revealed in a man. The man is God. He is the Father of Glory. Therefore, we see then Philippians two, six through eight, that he states that Jesus, who being in the form of God, Spirit. Doubt it not robbery to be equal with God in all of his attributes. No man's equal with God except God Himself. In every attribute, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, power, peace, all that God is. Jesus is. Doubt it not robbery to be, not made equal, but to be equal with God in all attributes of God, but made himself of no reputation. Now, that is a key word there. It's a kenosis. He makes himself the spirit of God, humbles himself to be totally nada, nothing. That is a self-imposed limitation upon himself as spirit that he will not work as spirit, but will work as a man there to redeem us under the law. So Jesus, who being in the form of God, Thou it not robbery to be equal with God, not made equal, but to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, none, not some, none, no reputation, and took upon him, added to his spirit, the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. Now God is fashioned as a man. He's not working his spirit because a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Romans 5. By one man's disobedience, sin came in the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offences are one, so also the free gift is a one. As uh, sin reigned by death, now grace reigns through righteousness. And grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. That's the Father of glory revealed. Emmanuel, God with us. Now, When that Philippians 2, 6 through 8, Paul tells us exactly how God is taking and working salvation in and of himself alone, the spirit being made of no reputation and taken on him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men being found in fashion as a man, humble himself, that's a humiliation of God himself, humble himself to the death of the cross. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him, that him there was in a humble state made in the likeness of men. But when he is glorified, he's going back to the glory that he had with the Father before the world was. So he makes himself of no reputation to be a man. Then, being tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin, Hebrews 4.15, Then he dies on the cross, buried and is resurrected. He sees no corruption. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. Now we check this out. That at the name of Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. Not Jehovah Jr., not God Jr., not Christ Jr., but God himself. There, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is, is the Lord. How many lords are there? One. We see that in Ephesians 4. There is one body, one spirit, not three persons in a spirit or in a Godhead. And if you look up Godhead, you will not see three persons. Godhead simply is one. There, have we see that Jesus, there as he dies, buried and resurrects, then in John 7, he comes back and says, John 17, 5, that he says, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory that I had with you before the world was. He put off that glory to become a man. He did not cease and desist from being that spirit. He's always been God, always will be God. He created all things, Colossians 1, 16 and 17. There is the word of God, God himself, the father of glory. He is that spirit. Now, whenever he dies, buried and rises again, now he has tasted death for every man. Where it is through the son of God that we reach the father because the father himself manifests in that flesh. There Jesus states there that I came from God, I proceeded from him, the word of God, and I go back to him, not around him, not beside him, to him. That's clarified also in Revelation 3.21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That is, Jesus has prepared a place for us that we are made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus through his spirit that's in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory which is Jesus, which is the Father in us. You'll see that in Ephesians 4. It states that there's one body. There's one spirit in whom we're called with one hope of our calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, uh, one God who is above all, the Father of us all. Jesus is the Father. And in us all. That's very plain. Christ is that spirit. The Father is the spirit. The Word is that spirit. The Holy Ghost is that spirit. Jesus is that spirit. Jesus is the Lord. And there's only one. There's not two Lords. There, somebody said, well, the Lord sent unto my Lord. There has to be two Lords. No. Because Jesus clarified that in Matthew twenty-two forty-two. He asked the the Pharisees and the Sadducees after they had tried to trip him up. Jesus had a question for them. What think you of Christ? Whose son is he? Well, they said the son of David. Well, he is the son of David according to the flesh. That's true. That's the days of his flesh. But whenever he dies, buries and rises again, He became a quickening spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, the father of glory that sent us. You'll see that in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. The first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam, Christ, the man, was made what? A quickening spirit. That spirit is the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. The Lord is that spirit. That's Jesus well, right there, we have to find out who is this servant? God took upon himself the form of a servant after he made himself of no reputation. So he would not work as spirit so he could work as a man. He puts a self-imposed limitation upon himself as spirit to only work as a man so he will not break his own law. He has to come in under the law and be in tempted in all points under that law, like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15. But after he completes that, after he has been tempted in all points, and yet without sin, he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now the point being, who is that servant? Most of the denominational world will say that's the second person of the Godhead. Well, the drying up of the Euphrates River in Revelation 16, 12, the very next verse, It's not taking us to Armageddon yet, but it's to reveal, and John saw, three unclean spirits like frogs. Well, there's a lot of croaking in the world. And uh, the frogs there are spirits of devils. Three, there's your trinity. And they're spirits of devils working miracles. Now, it's a strong spirit. It's not the spirit of God, but it's very deceptive. There's a way that seemeth right to a man, but then there is the ways of death. But notice that, that that river Euphrates dries up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. That's the last day, battle of God Almighty Armageddon. They're gathering all, all nations into the plains of Megiddo where God will plead with all flesh and has a controversy against the nation. Because they have not glorified Him as that true God and eternal life. Well, what happens? The very next verse from Revelation sixteen twelve to Revelation sixteen thirteen is that John, who is in the spirit of Elijah, which is the body of Christ, as we see in Revelation ten, that he eats this little book, and he ate all of it. That's all true. Jesus stated that the spirit of truth will come and. Uh, will lead you and guide you into all truth. Well, John is getting all truth. And it's what he gives to his servants. He signified it by his angel under John. Well, John's given us throne room revelation, much higher than Pentecost in the sanctuary, but in heaven itself. We see that in Revelation 4, verse 1. There was a, a, a door open in heaven, a voice of a trumpet talking with me, saying, come up hither. That's not a rapture. And I will show you things, things of faith that must come to pass hereafter. Well, that's not the rapture, but that's where we missed it again. So those that are really seeking God, that can bear the truth. As Jesus stated, that we would be led and guided into all truth before the coming of the Lord, before the great and terrible day of the Lord come, as he stated in Malachi 4. Remember, my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Well, that's an Elijah ministry that must first come and restore all things. As Jesus stated, coming down off the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, The disciples came and said, why do the disciples of John say that Elijah must first come? Jesus stated, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. That's the restoration, the restitution. That is your Malachi 3 messenger before the coming of the Lord, before the great and terrible day of the Lord stated in Matthew 4, I mean, Malachi 4. (laughs) There we find that there is this Elijah ministry of restoration, a restitution of all things, all truth. Now the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of this restitution, a restoration of all things, all things of faith, all things in truth. We see that in Acts three twenty, Act three verse twenty and twenty one. Now Jesus, there in this last days, as John's giving to us that in Revelation 10, he takes the book out of the angel's hand. You have to take it. You have to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. No man's just going to give it to you. Matter of fact, the devil's going to withstand you at every point. You have to want it above all things. You have to desire the truth above all. And that John stated there, I took the book out of the angel's hand. The kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent take it by force. That's not with weapons of our warfare that are carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, he took it. It was going to be sweet to his mouth as honey and bitter to his belly. And he did eat all of it. Notice that after he did, it was told John, John, you must again prophesy, preach, proclaim, promulgate this gospel, this word that you have eaten to all people, kindreds, nations, and tongues. That's the body of Christ. That's the last day, Revelation 10, body of Christ in the spirit of Elijah that as John the Baptist in the spirit of Elijah forerun Jesus' first coming, so also John in the spirit of Elijah, the body of Christ will forerun Jesus' second coming, the second advent. And the hearts of the fathers, those are the ones that have known him that's from the beginning, full grown. The hearts of the fathers to the children, the children, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you've known the father, but they're not full grown. So the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers is bringing the whole body of Christ unto the measure, the stature, the fullness of Jesus Christ. Just as Jesus stated in John 16, that this spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost, God himself, would lead us and guide us into all truth, not partial truth. So he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. That's what we're called for. That work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of the Christ, till we all come into the unity and the measure of the faith of Jesus and to the knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge of the Son of God is to knock out the false doctrine at the drying up of the Euphrates, the Tigris, that we see in all the rivers now are happening throughout the continent are being dried up now. The Colorado River, right here in the United States, we're finding the Tigris, we're finding the Euphrates, we're finding the Danube, uh, lower river, we're finding so many, the Po River, China, all of these are driving, dry, drying up. That's a sign for us. Revelation 16, 12 tells us that. That angel that dried up that river Euphrates that the way the kings of the east might be prepared. And then we find in Revelation 16, 13, the very thing it revealed. It's revealing Jesus, the true Jesus, the true God in eternal life. But it's also showing us what's not true the Antichrist. And it states there, the very next verse, Revelation 16 13, John said, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs or spirits of devils working miracles. That's the deception of God that He will send in the last days, that God Himself will send strong delusion. Because upon the people, because they received not the love of the truth, they might be saved, but had pleasure in unrighteousness, that they all might be damned. Now, God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God's not willing that any should die. And certainly, hell was not prepared for mankind before the devil and his angels. If mankind goes there, they'll go there as a transgressor. It was never prepared for mankind. Well, Jesus, as he has stated, if we will be led and guided into all truth and will show us things that will come to pass, he gave it to John to give to the servants of God, the body of Christ, which are now being sealed in Revelation 7. That's the present truth. Can we receive it? Can we bear these things now? Can we bear the truth? Can we realize what Jesus said is the truth that we must come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that to the knowledge of the Son of God is not a gnosko knowledge, just knowing him after the Spirit, not after the flesh. But it's epi-ginosko, epi, much higher. epi That's to know him in the fullness measure in the stature of a perfect mirror image of Jesus walking as he walked, being a literal crucifying our flesh where Christ now lives through us. Just as Paul stated in Galatians 2.20. I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I. Well, then who's living, Paul? Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Who is the Son of God? Son of God's is the Father. Somebody said, well, where do you get that? Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullest of time, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman there to redeem us. Made of a woman, made an under the law to redeem us. that were under the law. But look at Galatians 4, 6. Now God has sent forth the Spirit. The Spirit of the Father is the Spirit of the Son. It's Christ. Christ sent us the hope of glory. It's one and the same. Not another person. God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, whereby we cry what? Abba, Father, not Son. We cry Abba, Father, because that spirit is one and the same. But the only way we get it is through the work of God who humbled himself to become a man. Who is that man? It's the servant. He became a servant to redeem us. Well, Isaiah told us, Isaiah 43, 10. You are my witnesses, the true witnesses of God. You are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord. That's the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, all capital letters, capital L, capital R, capital R, or L-O-R-D, Lord Jehovah. Mm-hmm. And my servant whom I have chosen. As I want to say, well, see there, God chose that servant. It has to be a different man, a second person. No, that's human reasoning. That's not God by the leading of the Holy Ghost, the prophet Isaiah says that you are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, Isaiah 43, 10, and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know, have the knowledge of it. Believe me, believe God, not these seminaries throughout the world, these ecumenical councils and synods back in centuries ago, the the council of Nicaea or the Chalcedonian definition, the rest of these declaring a trinity. It's false. It's always been false. Grievous wolves came in, not sparing the flock, denying the only Lord God. Well, he drives up that Euphrates rivers. And the first thing John says, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs. It's time for the body of Christ to turn to the true and living God. And those that do, that will receive this truth will be the ones that God will use to send this gospel and preach it to all the world for witness in all nations. They will be the only ones sealed in Revelation 7 in the apocalyptic sealing uh, there of the servants of God in their foreheads. They will have the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect measure of the statue of Jesus unto a perfect man, a perfect mirror image. There we find in that Isaiah 43, 10, that you are my witnesses, the true witnesses of God, that they, thus saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, it's not just some man saying this, the Lord God Almighty said it, thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, he chose that servant, that you may know and believe me and understand, have the understanding of it, I am he. Ah, that's what we short circuit. Most can't bear that truth that God Almighty is that man, Christ Jesus. He is the father of glory revealed and that even in the days of his flesh before he's glorified back to where he was before. He made himself of no reputation to come in under the law to humble himself. Then as a man, under the law, working as a man, not as spirit, but as a man, totally emptied out of glory, made of no reputation, he fulfills the law as a man as our kinsman, Redeemer. Tempted at all points, like as we are, yet without sin. And he progressively glorifies his, his own human back to himself. For God, who is Christ, was in Christ, the man, doing what? Redeeming, redeeming the world back into himself. Second Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. There. We find there in Isaiah 43:10 the same that we see in Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Exactly the same. The same that Jesus stated in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that He is that God, and there's not another. Well, as we look at Isaiah 43:10, the true witnesses of God, the true ones that will proclaim this truth, that Many will not be able to bear her in the last days because they have no pleasure in this righteousness, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. They will know and stand for the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate that is the omnipotent God Almighty. First, Timothy 6:15. Jesus Christ, the blessed and only, capital P potentate. That's the omnipotent. Who only hath immortality, that's Jesus only, doctrine of Christ, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach into, nor see, nor can see. That you are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, Isaiah 43:10 again. Thus saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand, believe God, this truth that God says of Himself, that I am He. Before me, there was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. Paul says the same thing. Jesus, who being in the form of God, spirit. Thou did not robbery to be equal with God. Not made equal, equal, always been God. But made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6. That means emptied out of glory, totally. He's working only as a man, but his own law. During that time, Jesus has to pray to the Father because that servant has to be chosen and declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. He's our kinsman redeemer. He's under the law just like us. He's still God, but he's made of no reputation so he can work salvation as a man alone because a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back, Romans 5. Now, as he does, he prays to the Father. Father, glorify thou me. He said, I have glorified you, I will glorify you again. Well, and somebody said, well, if he's a father, why is he praying to the father? Because he's made of no reputation, this spirit to work as a man. He is, and there the law separates his spirit from the man that he is. He's fulfilling the law as God himself manifests in the flesh. First Timothy 3.16. Very few can bear that truth. That's the truth. Can we bear it? Can we believe what God says, even though it goes directly opposite than human reasoning? Well, we'll see. Because that's the truth in righteousness. The righteousness of God is by faith. We have to believe what God said. And God said that I am he. There's none other beside me. There's no God beside me. I know not any. He states there that in Revelation 3 21, to him that overcometh, while I grant to sit with me in my throne, I prepared a place for you. But where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S E T, not S I T, not positionally, but S E T. Always has been and always will be God, forever settled in heaven. As Even as I overcame and am set, S E T, down with my Father in not around the throne, not beside it, in his throne. Glorified with the Father's own self. Now you are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, Isaiah 43, 10, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand I am he. There's your truth. That's what Paul said in Philippians 2, 6 through 8. That's what he says there about Jesus, the Spirit of God, the the father of glory who made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6. You have to, we have to believe what he said about this mystery of God and the father and of Christ in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. Who will believe it? Well, the burden's on us. Can we bear the truth? Well, all the nominal churches in the world Almost unilaterally have and agreed that there, through these ecumenical councils and synods, there's three persons in this Godhead. But when he drives up the Euphrates River in uh, Revelation 16 12, the very next verse, there's a revelation given to John, the body of Christ, because John must again prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. That's the body of Christ. In the spirit of Elijah, that is uh, that body of Christ that literally goes out and proclaims the gospel to all the world and simply states that Jesus is that spirit. He is the father of glory. He has been made that man when he was crucified, that same Jesus that was crucified, Acts two thirty six, 36. God hath made him, that man, that servant whom he hath chosen, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, the Father in you. That's very simply it. But it goes against human reasoning. And that's the reason why. That Euphrates River dries up the initial foundational truth is Christ. Not Armageddon. It will lead to it, yes. Where God will plead with all nations. But the foundation truth is Christ. And that's Revelation 16, 13, the very next verse after he dries up the Euphrates, which is, for all practical persons now, completely dried up. Many areas that's completely dried. Going through Turkey, Syria, Iraq. We're seeing it now. But the revelation is coming too. And that is, John said, I saw. There's revelation. Three unclean spirits like frogs. He saw the deception. Spirits of devils working miracles. Well, they worked miracles. Yes, they did. 2 Thessalonians 2, it states very simply that then this last day, that that coming of the Lord Jesus Christ are gathered together unto him, the rapture of that there will come a falling away first. What's a falling away? Many falling away from the faith. You'll see it in 1 Timothy Four verse one, the spirit speaketh expressly. Then of the latter day, some shall depart from the faith, Given heed to these seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. That's doctrines of devils have been thought and their spirits of devils working miracles. It's the deception of the last days. Many are being called out. We have over a thousand ministers there, pastors, ministers, evangelists there in Africa alone that have came out and had their questions answered through uh, Jesus-only training seminars that we brought to their churches while well, we've there since 2012 uh, to present, and they have believed that word. And it was so clear to them when they saw it, how could we possibly be deceived? Well, the eyes were not open. It's very simple. You ask God for the truth, and really seek Him with all your heart, you're going to find it. But will you bear it? Can you bear the truth? Jesus said to his disciples, I have many things to tell you, things of faith, but you're not able to bear them now. You're not grown up enough. Are we grown up enough now? The Lord expects us to be not new, newborn babies in the world that earn skillful and righteousness. He expects us to be full of grown wing from the milk and a full age, having our senses exercised, thereby to discern both good from evil. Are we there? Can we truly say and stand for the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ? Or do we still hold to these three unclean spirits like frogs, which is revealed by the drying up of the river Euphrates in Revelation 16, 12? Very next verse, what do you see? Well, God giving us the revelation of Jesus, the very foundation, Christ, John said, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs, spirits of devils working miracles, coming out of the mouth, what's being proclamated, the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. And God's going to judge the world for this. And all the nations that have done wickedly will be convinced of their ungodly deeds, which they've ungodly committed. The door's open now, the grace is open. I, that Lord stands at the door and knocks if any man will hear his voice open the door he said he'll come in and sup with him and, and he with me God said who is it well the man the servant is God you'll see that all the way through the Old Testament Here, O Israel the Lord of God is one Lord the Shema that's the greatest commandment of all That stated whenever the scribe asked Jesus what's the first commandment of all the dominant commandment of all Mark 12, 29, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, not three, one, and I shall worship the Lord with all thy heart, soul, and might, the second is likened to it, to love thy neighbors thyself. From these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. We miss this, we miss it all. God is revealing it. He's drying up the rivers all over the world. Somebody said it's Well, it's not global warming. It is climate change, what used to be global warming. And now they come up with climate change. And uh, it's you think that's going to drive every river throughout the continent of the whole world? God's doing it. He said, I caused it to rain on one city and not on another. And still they will not turn to me. God's judgments of the last days, the judgments of God are in the earth. To reveal who he is, men will learn righteousness, having pleasure in righteousness. But we find that most have pleasure in unrighteousness. And God says, and those that he himself would send strong delusion. These are spirits of devils working miracles. And he said that strong delusion with signs, miracles, and lying wonders in 2 Thessalonians 2. Will you bear the truth? Can you bear the truth? Will you stand for the truth? There's the question, and it has consequences, and it has eternal consequences. A heaven again and a hell to shine. There. God is doing it now. There we find that he is that eternal God. He is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit. Jesus Christ himself, the man, has always been God and always will be God. Just because he made himself a no reputation, that literally works salvation in and of himself, we find that Christ is God and Christ is the man. There is no Christ, Jr. You'll see that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. All oh, the Old Testament prophets search diligently into the grace that should come coming to us, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them. That's Moses, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the way to Malachi. All of them prophesied by the spirit of Christ that was in them. Christ is that spirit. That's a capital S. He's always been God and always will be God. All things created by him, whether it be thrones, principalities, powers, things visible, and invisible, seen and unseen, Colossians 1, 16 to 17, Jesus Christ. He is that spirit. He's created all. He is the father of glory. He is the word. He is the father. He is the Holy Ghost. But because he loved us, he made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a servant to redeem mankind back to himself. We find that in Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Made of a woman. Made in under the law. To redeem us over under the law. Who is that? That's Emmanuel. God with us. That we find that in Isaiah 43, 10. That you are my witnesses. That true witnesses of God know this. That. Thus saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, they understand the revelation of Jesus. And my servant whom I have chosen, the man, before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I I am God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer. Look at Isaiah 43, 15, the Holy One of Israel, there'll never be another. He is a blessed and only potentate, who only hath immortality. The only true God and eternal life. There's not another. That's what's being revealed now. There is none other than Jesus Christ. The ones there will be a time, times and a half, three and a half years of the Jesus ministry, the seed counted for the generation of Jesus, that will proclaim this everlasting gospel to all the world. The ones that will and can bear this truth, that it will go into all truth, into perfection to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. They will have the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy that they'll be able to proclaim the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And there's not another gospel. Well, if this has more witness with you, your conscience bearing you witness in the Holy Ghost, then contact me where we can work together. We have an email there that we constantly check daily to the ones that want to work with us. Uh, there in uh, those in Africa, we'll try to get to you as fast as we can, but still tune into the daily podcast, Sealing God's People for this preceding word of God. There, email me at sealinggodspeople at Again, sealinggodspeople at DennisBeard.org. You can also reach me at DennisBeard.org, our website there. Also, SealingGodsPeople.org, SealingGodsPeople.com, and JCIC.TV. And again, download our app, Sealing God's People, for our daily podcast. And we're having more downloads now than ever as people are seeing coming out of false religion to this true revelation of Jesus Christ. God is showing the judgments to reveal himself that he is one, not three. He is that singular express image of his one person. There's not three. You see that in Hebrews one verse three, four. There, Jesus Christ raised up his own body to declare that he is God. He stated he would, John 2, 19. Destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. Jesus said it. The Jews couldn't understand it then. It's in 46 years where they built this temple. You're gonna raise it up in three days. Jesus spake of the temple his body. He's declared to be the son of God through the spirit by the resurrection from the dead. And he said, when I do that? Then you'll know that I'm the father. You'll know that I'm in him and he in me. He is the father of glory. There's not another. Again, email me at sealinggodspeople at deadlesspirit.org, get right back to you. We're praying for each and every one of you in the body of Christ that God will perfect that which is lacking in, every, in each and every one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and uh, be presented blameless at His coming at 2nd Advent. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. God is sealing His people now. Let's don't miss it. Let's don't let the new wine fail in us. Now, God is speaking only to those... That, that are seeking for him with a pure heart, with all their heart. The ones that do that will come in and see the true God in eternal life. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.